What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Friday, so time for another Establish the Run sponsored video. We've been taking a look at the best and worst picks and drafts from a number of different angles every Friday. This week, we're gonna look at who the worst picks are in each of the first 11 rounds. ADPs will be a composite between Underdog, FFPC, ESPN, Sleeper, Yahoo, and NFL.com, which are the major platforms in my eyes. And remember, I am partnering with ETR for a reason. I want you guys to win your leagues. And so I'm going to do everything I can to get you there. Establish the Run is my go-to for quality content, and I highly suggest you guys follow them as well. Watch their shows on YouTube, follow Silva, follow Levitan on Twitter. These are easy things you can do. It'll give yourself exposure to extremely useful content. We'll be partnering with another company in season that I'm very excited about and I know you guys are going to love. But in terms of draft season content, ETRs who I recommend following more than any other website in the industry, obviously excluding my own. So check out their content if you haven't already. And if you ever do want to sign up for one of their packages, just use promo code FFA, you'll get 10% off any package you want. I personally suggest signing up for the preseason DFS package, but any of them are going to work. So using their site as well, who is the worst pick in every round? The worst pick in round one is Derrick Henry. I have him ranked 10th overall. ETR has him at eight. Silva himself has him at 11 compared to an average ADP of 5.6. My biggest problem with taking Derrick Henry that early at 5.6 on average is how bad the offense could be. They might still be a quality offense, still get the job done, and he'll sort of pay off that ADP. But losing A.J. Brown is going to be really big for this offense. Vegas only has them at nine projected wins despite 11 and 12 in the last two seasons. So, you know, Vegas is expecting a pullback in how productive they're going to be. And we all know that Derrick Henry is a completely different running back in wins versus losses. Over the last two seasons, Henry's averaged 24 and a half half PPR points per game in wins, 13.1 half PPR points per game in losses. That's the difference between being the running back one overall and like a mid to low end running back two. And all the difference is, is coming from wins and losses. That's insane. And that's fine when you're going to win, you know, 11 or 12 games, because most of the time you're getting this insane production. And only sometimes, you know, you have these losses where he doesn't score very many points. But as you start to shift into 10 wins, nine wins, well, nine's the over-under. What if they have seven or eight wins? That's going to look completely different. And it really is possible. What if they really struggle without a true number one wide receiver? Robert Woods is coming off a torn ACL. The only other player that they can use in that spot is Traylon Burks, who hasn't exactly been having the best camp. So we could see this offense really start to fall off, which means a lot more floor games than we're used to. He's still going to go out there and have 30 points in a few weeks. It's going to happen. But if we have more and more of these like six, eight, 10 point games, he's not going to pay off an ADP in like the middle of the first round. So I get the love. He's Derrick Henry, but I just think he's going a little bit too early in round one. I do really think he's like a late first round pick, not mid first. The worst pick in round two 
Debo Samuel, which I only half agree with. So in my rankings, he's 23rd overall. ETR has him at 27. Evan Silva, personally, in his rankings, has him at 21, compared to an average ADP of 17. So on average, we have him six spots back of ADP, and I do think he is going a tad bit too early. I wouldn't take him as early as 17th overall. I, I just think that's a little too early. But I don't want to say he's like undraftable. There's a really big narrative out there that Brandon Ayuk is just crushing camp, that Ayuk is a better match with Trey Lance than Debo Samuel is, thus making Debo a worse pick because we think more production will go to Brandon Ayuk. And while I agree that Lance is going to look downfield more than Jimmy G, because Jimmy G never did, and that's obviously going to help Ayuk. Like, I'm still on Ayuk right now, as you guys saw in the rankings update video. But Debo is still the focal point of this offense, and he's still going to get plenty of carries, plenty of screen passes, plenty of targets designed specifically to maximize run after the catch. So while he's facing obvious regression, not only with touchdowns, uh, but with his like yards after the catch last season was a little bit unsustainable, his yards per carry was maybe unsustainable at times, he's still going to be really good. And I still think he's someone you can target at like the turn. Round two, round three turn in a 12-team league. And so while I agree with our take that on average he's going too early, just know that if he falls, if his ADP is at 17 and he falls into that like, you know, 23, 24, 25 range, don't think this means don't draft him. He's still a good pick in that range. He just goes too early in the mid-second. The worst pick in round three is Keenan Allen. I have him ranked 36th. ETR has him at 29, Silva has him at 33, compared to an average ADP of 29. And Levitan actually talked about this one on one of their latest podcasts, but the general premise was that Keenan Allen's efficiency has been dropping for years now. As per Matt Harmon, he's coming off the lowest success rate versus man coverage, zone coverage, press coverage of his entire career last season. So it is fair to wonder if we continue to see a decline, you know, in his age 30 season. And when you couple that with Mike Williams growing as a player, maybe Joshua Palmer commands a few more targets this season, you can see some paths to Allen underperforming. Now, I don't think there's really a possibility unless he gets injured, which you'd say for everyone, but assuming health, I don't think there's a, a world where he like, truly bust, right? That's not going to happen. He's on elite offense. He's still a fantastic player. He's not going to bust. But I think there's a path to him like being a disappointing pick this early. He's never going to be a high touchdown scorer, so he needs really heavy volume. and needs to be solid with that volume. And if the targets do end up dropping and maybe he decreases, you know, yards per run again, yards per target again. He has even lower success rates for zone and press and man. And he's just like kind of falls off a little bit in talent. Maybe there's a situation where he's like consistently fine, but he doesn't have those, you know, as many at least of those like huge spike games where he has like 12 for 140. If his spikes are going to be more around like eight or nine for like 80 or 90 yards, and he's still kind of cycling in like only a few touchdowns each year then it could definitely be a situation where you look back and you're like, ah, you know, I, I really wish I didn't spend a third round pick on him. He probably should have been going a little bit later. Because think about it, it's like 
yeah, he's going to be good, but he's going ahead of T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman Jr., Kyle Pitts, some really young wide receivers with a lot of upside. And of course, Pitts, wide receiver, he's really a tight end, but he play, plays wide receiver. Like, there's a lot of talent there. And I just think he just goes a little bit too early. He should probably be going behind all of them. We're picking round four. Dave Montgomery. I have him ranked 51st. ETR has him at 49. Silva has him at 47 compared to an ADP at 41. And you guys have heard my Montgomery take a few times in the last week. So I'm going to keep this one brief. There is a lot of talk about rotating in Khalil Herbert more this season. And I, I really do think there's merit to those rumors, given that, you know, Herbert's a good running back. I mean, we thought last season that Herbert was good. I honestly thought he was going to remain like a 50-50 split when Montgomery came back. That didn't happen. They went all with Montgomery. There's talk this season. They're going to have some sort of split. And if you combine that with the fact that they have a bottom three offensive line, are projected to win like six games, it's just an awful situation for a running back. And when you have to take him ahead of like truly elite wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, there are great players in that range. It just makes for an easy fade. Uh, another easy fade at this ADP is the worst pick in round five. That's Antonio Gibson for many of the same reasons. Gibson is getting taken off the field in camp in two-minute drills, in third downs, in goal line situations, in short yarded situations, like all these like very important situations for fantasy. You want two-minute drill. You want third downs for targets. You want goal line for touchdowns. If he's not going to get any of that or like very little of that, and then you add in the fact that he can't stop fumbling, I mean, there's a situation where like he's a, a part-time only first and second down player who doesn't score touchdowns. Yikes. And if his ADP is 53rd, well, that's not great. When I have him 95th, Etier has him 82nd, and Silva has him 84th. That is an absurd ADP. You cannot be drafting him even close to where he's going. I'm going to take some creative freedom with the next one, combining round six and seven. Uh, there's really only one player that stood out in this entire range, and he goes at 74, which is like the sixth and the seventh round turn. So we're going to say the worst pick in either round six or round seven is Dallas Goddard. And this is another one that I want to like somewhat clarify, kind of like with Debo. I think Dallas Goddard is set up to have a really nice season, maybe the best season of his career. And if he ends up as the top-ranked tight end in my rankings, so you pull up my rankings, you're doing your draft, he's a top tight end, and he's among the top players, like the top few players in like the overall rankings, and you want to take tight end at that spot, then I'm good with it. The touchdown upside is there. He's being peppered with targets in camp, and he's a really high-end prospect. I think he can have a good year. But it is unlikely that ends up happening. He's probably going to come off the board in your draft like, way ahead of where he is in the rankings because I hate taking mid-range tight ends. The only strategy I can get behind this season is you get a top five tight end or you wait till the end of the draft and you double dip. There are some tight ends later in drafts that I'm kind of excited about and you can get them with the very last pick. You could take like a, I don't know, an Irv Smith or someone like that and then take one late. I don't really care. I would just wait a long time. I really would not attack the mid-range, I just can't justify a tight end in round six through nine. The opportunity cost is massive. We are in love with some of the running backs, but a lot of the wide receivers and a lot of the quarterbacks in this range. Taking tight end 
it just doesn't make any sense to me, even if you think they're going to have a solid year, because you're not gaining enough value off of like the truly elite, your Kelsey's, your Pitts, your Waller, your Andrews, and your Kittles of the world. They're way better than the mid-range tight ends. And so you need to wait a long time to make up for the value that you lost in not getting those players. So it's early or it's late. Goddard comes off the board 74th overall. I have him at 105. ETR has him at 101. Silva has him at 111. So they're in lockstep with me again. So many other great players. I can't justify tight end that early. Worst pick in round eight, Devin Singletary. I have him at 97. ETR at 106. Silva at 105. Compared to an ADP of 89th overall. And the issue with Singletary is just the ceiling. I don't see it happening. Last season, he hit it to close the season. And so people are wondering like, well, can't he just do that again? Not really. It's because he was being featured. He was the only running back Buffalo was using. Any human being getting every single snap as a running back on the Buffalo Bills is going to produce well in fantasy. And so he did. But he's one of the least efficient receiving running backs in like history, definitely in the league right now. And they just drafted the best pass catching back in the draft class. So you know they're going to use James Cook on third downs and two metros, things like that. Maybe not in like week one and two, but like at some point in the season, it's going to happen. And it's probably going to happen to close the season. Then you have Zach Moss having a truly just fantastic camp. And unless things change, he's also going to be part of this rotation. So the most likely outcome for Singletary is that he's like a part-time early down only running back. And that's not someone I can draft in the early eighth round. The worst pick in round nine is literally any quarterback that is not a mid-range quarterback. So you guys know round six through nine are the best time to attack quarterback. If one of the mid-range quarterbacks falls and is there in round nine, take them. Absolutely. But do not take the next range. Because if you're just missing out on these great options in the mid-range, which is like Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Wilson, Burrow, Lance, Brady, and Dak. If one of those is available, totally fine. That's the top 11 by ADP and in my rankings. When you start looking at this next like foursome, I guess, Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and Matthew Stafford, don't take that range right after you missed out on the top 11. There is a cliff. I don't want to call it a cliff, maybe. There's a little bit of a drop-off into this range. Not even a little bit. There's a decent drop-off into this range. And so you don't want to take them right after the other quarterbacks went because you're barely getting better value, but you're getting like a, a worse quarterback, definitely. And so if someone just took Brady and now you go out there and take Cousins, it's like, ah, like maybe Cousins can outproduce Brady, but the mid-range is better. So if you're in six through nine, we're talking about round nine now, one of those mid-range quarterbacks falls to you, take them. If not, don't be reaching into the next range just because you've heard people say that round nine is still a good round, take quarterback. If you miss out on the mid-range, wait a while, try and get someone at a good value. Taking liberties again and combining rounds 10 and 11 because there weren't really any terrible picks, it's James Robinson. I have him ranked 138th. ETR has him at 176, which is really low. Silva has him at 150, ADP 124. And it just comes down to the odds of him hitting compared to his ADP. Because I'm not saying James Robinson can't have a great year. I'm just saying the odds are definitely stacked against him. And he goes kind of early for odds being stacked against someone. 
Like there are some really high upside options still on the board in rounds 10 and 11. Like for you to spend it on a running back that in best case scenario is in a timeshare on the Jaguars and won't be the passing down back coming off a torn Achilles. It just doesn't feel like the best use of that pick. Give me Madison, who we know is the clear backup, going to be a rock-solid running back one if Cook went down. Henderson, similar situation, but honestly, he's probably going to get more work than Madison on just like a regular situation. Give me Damian Pierce, who's clearly posed for like a breakout season. Naheem Hines going to get way more work than people think. Like, I'm all over those players. Give me them over Robinson coming off this massive injury, and that's only the running backs. Right, there are even wide receivers in this range who you'd much prefer over Robinson. So I get the appeal. Uh, I know he's a great talent, but we have no idea what he's actually going to look like when he's back and he's on the Jaguars. And that's actually the last round or at least combination of rounds that we're going to go over today. Realistically, I don't think anyone is like a quote-unquote like bad pick in rounds 12 on. There are certainly picks that don't really help your team since they have no true upside or are just like not really in position to have a breakout season. But at the end of the day, if you like someone and you're in the 12th round or later, just take them. Like maybe if their ADP is like 215, don't take them at 130. Like you can try and wait as long as you can. But if you are really on like an ADP riser and you're like, oh, you know, they're, they're like 20 spots above ADP right now. If I take them, it really doesn't matter all that much. Again, be aware of ADPs. Do enough mock drafts to know what the chances are of you getting someone in round 13, 14, 15 if you do wait. But if you really want someone and you have to reach around to get them and we're in 12 plus, it's fine. ADP does matter a lot less in this range and you should just draft the people that you like and you believe are going to break out. So, That'll do it for this one. As I said to start, this video is sponsored by Establish the Run. I partner with them for a few videos because I trust them more than any other company for draft season advice. They have a phenomenal product and you can trust that the advice that they're going to give you is well thought out, it's backed by data, and it's current to the latest news. You should always be getting your information from multiple sources, so especially if I'm the only creator that you're watching right now. I highly recommend you either go to their YouTube channel. I'll link that in the description or follow their podcast. You can type in Establish the Run wherever you get your podcast. You'll easily find it there. And if you want to sign up for any of their packages, just use promo code FFA. It'll get you 10% off whichever one you choose. I highly recommend the preseason DFS package because they are the industry leader in preseason DFS. Their picks have been really good so far. Highly recommend you check that one out. So, I'll be back tomorrow to go over the latest news and ADP changes this last week. Sunday to go over my favorite wide receivers to draft on Underdog. And then Monday for another episode of Mock Draft Monday. But that, my friends, is into this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.